With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let me tell you one thing. The Cowboys won today. I'm insulted when people say I gambled. Oh, let's ignore all the best advice. Baby, let's roll the dice. Dak Prescott is worth every penny. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport, Super Bowl Champion Quarterback Trent Dilfer, NFL Network Reporter Tom Pelissero, plus ESPN Senior NBA Writer Ramona Shelburne. And now it's Rich Eisen. All righty then. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are a bunch of busy bees here today. We've got a lot to talk about here. On this Thursday, second Thursday of March 2021, good to see you, Chris Brockman over hey, there. Hey, buddy, what do you say, man? Good to see you, Mike Del Tufo. Hey, good to see you, and good to see you, TJ Jefferson, sitting right over there uh, in your Ooh. seat. Hello, uh, Rich. Social media grand maester. I'm, I'm, I, I, I shoot everyone straight here. I'm not going to lie. That's what you do. Um, you know, uh, it was one year ago today where we were all... Uh, I think I could speak for everybody here. We were all getting a little nervous about what was going on in the world. We were all wondering uh, what was happening in the world. Certainly, in our act, in our immediate orbit, um, sitting here uh, on on a set of a show that um, was <laughs> was up in the air. Uh, our, our show one year ago was completely up in the air. I I always shoot you straight. We're thrilled to be here on NBC Sports on Peacock in many different ways. <laughs> Um, and on this terrestrial radio station, uh, as we're building our, our radio business and Sirius XM channel 211 now called NBC sports audio. And we're thrilled to be there a year ago at this time. We had no idea if we would be sitting here a year from now, we had no idea what our health was going to be. We had no idea what our future was going to be. And, and when really what brought it into focus was one year ago tonight, uh, Rudy Gobert testing positive for the coronavirus, and fans who are settling into their seats in Oklahoma City to watch the Thunder host the Jazz being sent home. That's it. There's no game tonight. Dr- drive home. And and Gobert and the, the Jazz and the NBA writ large had a lot of questions being posed of them, and they were put in a hell of a position. And it was one year ago tonight, the NBA commissioner decided to say, we need to put a pause on the season. And if you remember also, I think you mentioned it before the show, Chris, um, one of the greatest Americans worldwide, known worldwide, Tom Hanks, announced he had it and it freaked everybody out and sort of thrown, you know, through this world of sports and pop culture, threw us all in, in, in a in a totally different mindset of yeah, like, absolutely. this is serious that we, you know, lives may actually start changing here. Mm-hmm. And it was one year ago today that the world health organization declared this a worldwide pandemic. And, and that was one year ago today. And yes, you know, 
I, I feel I feel it that we're in a better spot in this country, that we're in a better spot, and we're seeing fans and stands of of um, of sporting events, and we're seeing the NFL just completed a season, and we saw baseball getting ready to start its season, and we're seeing the NBA go through its season, and the NHL, and so on and so forth, and we're watching the Players Championship right now on. NBC Sports and NBC Sport and Golf Channel. And so we're seeing a sense of normalcy return. And the vaccine is getting out there. And I hope everybody, if you are able to do it, you go get it. And yet, one year ago today, when this all happened, and about a week later, the NCAA kind of came to the same conclusion. We can't, we're not even... I think, Mike, you were one year ago next week, you were working the soundboard for the Big East tournament on uh, one of the Fox networks. We went in, did the pregame show, and, and then, they're like, and Madison we're Square Garden we started, tipped it off, and then they're like, I, I think we got to stop right in the we're middle done. of this thing. Yeah. Go it's home. Crazy. They played the first half. They played the first half. And the NCAA, and the NCAA decided we we've got to scrap March Madness. Yeah. And even though things do appear to be better, a fresh warning. Duke, one of the blue bloods of the sport, announced that a player is tested positive, or somebody within their orbit is tested positive for COVID nineteen. The ACC has just said Florida State's moved on. Duke's out, and Duke, one would think that's. That's the end of their season. They yeah. actually confirmed. Yeah, their AD is, their, their AD has said their season is over. 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 All the conversation about Coach K and the team and oh my gosh, crazy. And you know, just Google it. Everything that was going back and forth about this team and how it involved other coaches talking about decisions that were made. Oh my gosh, now they're done. Wear a mask. Still be vigilant. I understand that people view this as a political statement. It's not. It is not. It is fact. It is smart. It is wise. It is something that, because we're right, we're so close. I feel like we're so close. We are. It, I, I mean, right it now, definitely feels like you know, it. there's no combine. We didn't have a combine, but it sure looks like we're going to have a draft, and it sure looks like I'm going to actually physically be in the state of Ohio for it. That's the way it, that's the way it looks like right now to, to host it. Can't wait. You know, smart protocols will be taken. And uh, hopefully that will happen. But to, to me, to see that Duke, after the entire season, everything that they went through as a, as a team, as a school, as an organization or a program, which is what you have to call it for college, it, it, just, it just struck me that to get through all of this, to get to this point and hope that they go on some sort of a run to get to next week's Indianapolis bubble, where the Big Ten already is. Yeah, they're definitely a bubble team. You know, there's different bubbles. You know, like we were focused on the actual figurative bubble that we always talk about, right? For the NCAA tournament, that they're on the bubble, and everybody, you know, in the NCAA just wants to be in the bubble. And they couldn't even make it off the figurative bubble to get into the other figurative bubble. You know? 
it's reality, and it's unfortunate, and I send my best to Duke and Coach K and everybody there, and what a bummer for all those kids to go through it and fight through it and do all the protocols that they go through, and then this happens. Ramona Shelburne wrote a fantastic piece for ESPN.com chronicling the the crazy 24 hours that the NBA and Commissioner Adam Silver went through and contacting the governor of the state of Oklahoma and then all the other clubs in the NBA to basically say we got a pause. Remember it was a pause for the season for 30 days? Remember that's what it was? Yep. And then they get into the bubble. We're showing a photograph right here of then Thunder coach Billy Donovan and Quinn Snyder, the coach of the Jazz, talking it over with the officials Fans in the stands standing there going, look, what's going on? Go home. Go home. It's COVID-19. World's changing. Good note about that picture, Rich. Suited. and booted. Suited. Yeah, suited and booted. Quinn, Quinn Snyder, Snyder was in his element. Yeah. <laughs> One year ago tonight, normalcy changed and sports led the uh, led the way. You remember Gobert before, you know, a couple days before – Yep. Touched everybody's microphones and all the the the, the yeah, members of the media like touched their stuff, about laughing it. about it. And he and Donovan Mitchell wound up getting it. And then I do remember also the Jazz got tested on the spot. And I'm sitting here. I'm like, right. where does one get a test? Because I'd love to start getting tested myself. Yeah. And wild <laughs> one year ago. Crazy bad. So we'll we'll talk about it with Ramona Shelburne in hour number three uh, as the NBA's second half of the season of them going through a, a season. Um, the second half of their season begins in earnest tonight. Um, and it looks like LaMarcus Aldridge of the Spurs is now in that Andre Drummond zone of we're sitting you until we trade you. Oh, wow. Um, so that we'll talk about with Ramona. And then we got a ton of football on on the brain. Ian Rappaport first up in 10 minutes time about everything going on in the world of the NFL, which we'll hit in a second. And then we'll turn because next week we're already beginning to see cuts and who's staying and, and who's restructuring contracts and who was franchised and who wasn't like, that's the conversation that's beginning to heat up with next week's new league year beginning. When, I mean, I, I, I think you're going to see a bunch of players tr- swap teams that you would never imagine, and then you're going to start hearing players who can't get a free agent deal that you'd be like, that guy's available. Mm-hmm. So Ian's going to talk about it, and then we'll we'll start kind of right now because this when we'd be finished with the Combine, and today's pro day is going down with Clemson, right? And um, I think Texas, Texas is happening, is as, well. happening yeah. as well. Travis Etienne ran a 4-4 unofficial. That's fast. And that's the latest example of, you know, everybody's sitting here like, what running backs are you going to have on your on your team, right? Um, when Cam Akers can do what he did last year, and I hope Aaron Jones gets what he wants. But if Travis Etienne's running a 4-4, and you saw what Clyde Edwards-Elair was able to do when he was healthy last year, just tons of puzzle pieces to put together. And so before we pay attention to the veterans in the league and what they're getting paid, that's probably what's going to take up much of the oxygen in the room for the next 10 days. Let's talk about the prospects. Trent Dilfer, 
who's a big Tua guy also. I've been dying to ask him what he thinks of this whole narrative that Tua stinks and Herbert's great and Tua will never be Herbert again. Okay? <laughs> and so I wonder what he thinks of that. Because that is, I, I know I oversimplified it, but That's it's the truth. pretty much what we're, yeah. And then Tom Pelissero yeah. wrote a piece on NFL.com that I want him to unpack a little bit more for all of us. He spoke to all the scouts and talent evaluators about the top five first grade, first round graded quarterbacks that you know, but I'll say it for Trevor Wilson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and the the pluses and minuses for these guys as they go into their pro days and their talent evaluation Zoom seasons, because that's the way they're basically going to get to show off their talents in in front of decision makers, mostly. So that's kind of the arrangement. The big news in the NFL, as we come on the air, is kind of like a, it sounds like one of those riddles you never thought you'd ask somebody. What do I mean by that? Here it is. What are the Kansas City Chiefs and Tom Brady's banana-eating regimen have in common? They feel like they can do without the ends. Hey, now. Oh, boom, boom. Oh, wow. End scene. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Best dad ever jokes. <laughs> hey, So, Eric Fisher, once upon a time, first overall draft choice of the Chiefs out of Central Michigan. And, and what he made of his career in Kansas City was something else. Because if you remember when he was drafted first overall, it's like, well, there's no big time quarterbacks. Oh, there's no big-time pass rushers, and there's really no big-time offensive lineman that you know is surefire like Orlando Pace-type guys. So let's take the guy out of By default, they choose Eric Fisher out of Central Michigan. And he was a mainstay right there for the Kansas City Chiefs and was sitting right there at left tackle going into the playoffs last year. Caught a touchdown pass against the Ravens, which we're showing on the air right here. Eric Fisher blows out his Achilles in the AFC Championship game. Doesn't play in the Super Bowl. Now, he put on his Instagram, he's been told he's been released by the Kansas City Chiefs. Cap savings. And then, their right tackle, who never missed a snap, but who also got hurt in the playoffs and couldn't play in the Super Bowl. Mitchell Schwartz, he's also a... Cap, if you will, casualty. Mm. And so the two guys that we thought were the keys eventually, you know, going in, we were concerned about it. Although I thought, you know, Andy Reid had an extra week to cook something up and they'd figure something out offensively with a marauding and burgeoning and getting better with each passing moment. Tampa Bay defense coming at Patrick Mahomes. Well, They'll figure something out. But the two guys that in retrospect, eventually, as we find out, were essentially, by their absence, a huge difference maker in Super Bowl 55 because Mahomes was running for his life all night in Tampa. The two guys that we thought that eventually the Chiefs, it was proven, couldn't do without, similar to Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, the Chiefs are going in a different direction. Can they re-sign them? I'm sure. Uh, who knows? Of course, but it sure looks like, based on the uh, public comments of the two guys who are no longer 
going to be with the team that they feel that they're done. <sighs> and that's just brings it all, if you will, in perspective about when you've got a dynamite and dynamic quarterback on his rookie contract, win it when he's on his rookie contract. Do it. That's the way you have to approach things in the NFL these days. Because when they get paid, you can't keep Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz and Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill, and Chris Jones, and so on and so forth. Something's got to give. That this might have been also fully knowledge, you know, acknowledged within the halls of the Chiefs prior to Fisher and Schwartz getting hurt, that this will be the last time that we can probably keep this band together, assuming the cap number is going to be lower. Like if the cap number went up like any other year, maybe we're not talking about this right now. So you can't, and I'm not laying this at the feet of Mahomes. He deserves his money. He deserves his money. You deserve to get paid what you deserve to get paid. Certainly if it's the first time in your life you're getting paid, right? Mm -hmm. And he's not taking up more of the Chiefs cap coming into this 2021 season than Goff is on in Detroit. Wentz is in Indianapolis. Cousins is in Minnesota. Russ is in Seattle. Brady is in Tampa. Tannehill is in Tennessee. I mean, so it's not a killer. But the difference between when they won it in Super Bowl 54 with Mahomes representing 2.4% of the cap and Mahomes now representing 13.16% of the cap and the cap goes down equals tackles lopped off like the end of a Tom Brady banana. Facts of life in the NFL Crazy, in 2021. Man. We'll talk about it with our friends Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero of the NFL Media Group. Trent Dilfer will join us. Ramona Shelburne on this solemn one-year anniversary of the NBA hitting the pause button and all of us realizing we're going to have to hit the pause button in, in the way we live our lives, too. Off and running on the Thursday edition of The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at The Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed 
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One thing I, I love about you, Steve, is when you host Family Feud, you, get a, you, you realize that there's a moment that is happening and you make a meal out of it. Like you as a host, no, we got to stop here. And we have to acknowledge just how insane this moment just is yeah. right now. And one of my favorite ones just like that involves Stefan Diggs of the Minnesota Vikings when he was playing for the Fast Money, and it was Leave It Blank. And he said, in. And the whole place <laughs> went absolutely nuts. And you just stepped away. Yeah. And just made an absolute five-course meal out of that. Because we have to drink this moment. Yeah. See, sir, I don't see Stefan Diggs. Look, man, <laughs> if you got your helmet on you, your number, we all know who you are. Once he takes the helmet off, we got to kind of figure who that is. So he didn't have his helmet on. I wanted him to be YouTube famous for the rest of his life. Because what's great, man, are these, you know, we do a lot of NFL, NBA shows on Family Feud for celebrity. Right. It's great, man, when regular people discover that celebrities don't know nothing. <laughs> they don't. You think because a person is famous, they know more. They actually know less. Yeah. <laughs> they know less than anybody else because they're exposed to less. Rich people don't know how much milk costs. You get out of touch, man. And when they come on Celebrity Family Feud, you find out how out of touch they are. They don't know anything, man. <laughs> Like, one of the questions for the NFL team was, yeah. and we were asking a guy running back for the Packers, uh, can't think of his name, but the question was, complete the sentence, strip, and you spoke, you know, like strip mall, strip, strip poker, strip sack, strip sack. I said, name, complete the word strip. He said, per. <laughs> strip per. I went, Hold on, man. I quit breathing. <laughs> How is that your point of reference to complete the word strip? Per. P-E-R. That was it. I was done. That was one of my great moments. And he, again, you just walk away and you just, you realize it in the moment. Like, okay, this is it. And I'm going to let this thing go. Hey, after the I show, he asked me, he said, Steve, is there any way we can edit that out? <laughs> I said, sir, we're not editing that out. Matter of fact, we're going to embellish it. <laughs> You're going to say purr so loud. Purr. Oh, baby, that was so much fun at the Super Bowl in Miami. All of our archive material, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show is one big happy simulcast family or on Peacock at Peacock. Uh, and watch us every single day from 12 to 3 Eastern. It is free at PeacockTV.com. And also take in this show on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. We appreciate all of our partners for being here with us. And that includes a good friend of mine. He is uh, the, uh, I guess, uh, I, I will upgrade if this is not the phrase, the uh, chief uh, information uh, correspondent of uh, the CIC uh, of the uh, NFL and, and NFL media group. He is Ian Rappaport. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good. That was hilarious. I haven't heard that Steve Harvey stuff. I was like, I was, you know, actual LOLing when I was waiting on hold. That was pretty hilarious. Well, he is as he's one of the funniest people. <laughs> were you at, were you at that um, at, at, at any of the uh, NFL honors that he hosted? Um, yeah. were, were you were I you was. were you in the audience of either one of those two, uh, Ian? I've, I've done it. I've done it twice and. I mean, I'm sure, you know, he's obviously funny in the real show, but between commercial breaks, I, like, lose my mind. Well, he worked blue. He worked the room blue. He went uh, (laughs) with owners and the commissioner there, and it was fantastic. Oh, I mean, it was off the charts. Fantastic. He's one of the best. So, um, boy, are we busy bees these days, and I appreciate the time. Uh, I'm assuming we have set the over-under. Chris, what's the over-under number of times we hear his phone buzzing during the conversation at three and a half? I'm going to say, yeah, three three and a half half is a great number. We'll take the over on that. Always bet the over. So, uh, what was the decision-making by the Chiefs today? Obviously, we're outside the building, and we saw the Super Bowl. We saw Mahomes is still running for his life because those two tackles weren't there, and now the two tackles won't be there. What, 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 what's going on here with that decision? Yeah, so this is one where, you know, obviously it happens this morning. And I think, you know, one, I think Mitchell Schwartz we knew was coming. He's got some decisions to make about what he wants to do when he gets healthy. So I think, you know, play or not, I think that was, you know, probably not a surprise. Um, the Fisher one, you know, was a surprise. And then you sort of think about it, and it really should be obvious. Because, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is running for his life in the Super Bowl. That's why these moves were made, because Eric Fisher has a torn Achilles, and it is a cold world, um, but he's not going to be healthy till September or maybe even October. They have to get better at tackle. So if you've got Mitchell Schwartz, who just had surgery, Eric Fisher, who's you know early on in his rehab, that means they need two tackles to start the season. That means they need money to have two tackles to start the season, and that's why this happened. So that's, you know, it was... I mean, I knew about Mitchell Schwartz. I did not know about Eric Fisher. But then thinking about it this morning, just like to enter my world a little bit, I was frustrated because, you know, he posted on Instagram, and I'm like, ah, I should have known that was coming. It makes sense. So uh, what does this mean, uh, Ian, about what to expect? Because we've never seen – there's been a ton of firsts, man. I mean, from a 43-year-old winning a Super Bowl, right, to – you doing an yep. interview while uh, microwaving something to um, to uh, okay world, yeah. to 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 somebody like Wentz uh, underperforming after signing a, a monster nine-figure yeah. deal and then the guy was taken in front of him also traded away I mean the, the, it's just there just seems to be different ways uh, of of looking at the the unparalleled uh, present and now the cap is down. Like I, I don't think you know. Knock on wood, we'll ever see that again. W- what are we expecting here oh, over the next ninety hours, 
Ian? What are you expecting? It's not not a lot of good things, honestly. Uh, more of what we've got. And, you know, it's weird because this year has been weird for so many reasons. We've had, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation, which I think probably has escalated to a point where most of us did not see it going. You have the Russell Wilson situation. Like, I remember when we were talking on game day morning during the Super Bowl and teams were calling about Russell, and I was like, oh, well, this would be interesting to see if, you know, this becomes, and then it all went crazy, and now we're here. Um, I think the next week or so is going to be more like, almost like the opposite, because you're, what you're going to see is a lot of guys cut, a lot of big names cut that we're used to seeing on the field, and then they'll have the decision, should I accept this lower salary, or should I, you know, just wait? And so that's why like, it's going to be a weird free agency. I mean, there'll be big deals, there'll be excitement. But then you're also going to see some veterans who we know who are pro bowlers, who are recognizable names, going, I'm not getting what I want. I'm just going to sit here. Um, and it, it might be a slower free agency than we've seen before. Well, yeah, the slower free agency, meaning that uh, offers that normally would go out are, are held back because, you know, a, a lower or low ball, however you want to view it, offer is on the table. So give me the blockbuster ones that you think are definitely going to get done. Is Juju Smith-Schuster one of them? Kenny? Galladay, one of them. Who do you defensive players? You know, one I'm, of them. What do you I'm got? really curious about. I mean, Galladay's really interesting. Obviously, he's incredibly talented. You know, everybody knows that. Uh, didn't play much last year, and then you know, I think he's going to have a good market. But his own team didn't franchise him. That is at least something that teams are going to look into because they have the space. They could have done it. So why is it just fresh start, new coach? Is you know, you want to pay off for a receiver? When you have Jared, I don't know. Um, but it's definitely something teams are going to look into. Juju's another one. Big name, flashy, has played great, has been up and down kind of recently. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Juju takes a really, really strong one-year deal and goes, you know what, lowered cap, like, I'd rather take a one-year bet on myself and go kill it the following year. Like, that actually makes sense to me. So, um, you know, I, I think – We'll see some, you know, Shaq Barrett will probably get a, a huge deal. He might he might be the winner of all of this. He might get the biggest deal. Okay. Some offensive linemen, like Joe Tooney's going to do great. Trent Williams is going to make a ton. Like, those more of the guys we're talking instead of, like, some of the skill position guys like, you know, Aaron Jones or some of the receivers. Okay, so let's put a pin in, in, in one of the names that you just mentioned in, in Aaron Jones um, because I'm, I'm intrigued by him. Um, certainly since somebody like Travis Etienne uh, reportedly ran a 4-4 uh, flat on officials, I'm seeing from our colleagues at yep. the NFL Network uh, uh, assignment desk and information desk. Um, so what about Shaq Barrett? Let's get into the Bucks because Jason Light's got a ton of free agents, and they, they franchise Godwin. They get Levante David to a two-year. Barrett is Barrett going to hit it with and stay with the Bucks or somebody else? What do you got for me there? With the I Bucks? think everybody hopes it's with the Bucks. I mean, other teams don't. They'd like to sign him, but right. everyone involved hopes it's with the Bucks. And you know, he is a he's a great player. He has found himself with Tampa Bay. So, like, you know, he's going to make a lot of money anyway. And the Bucks have some gymnastics to do to try to make it happen. But why would he want to leave? Right? Like, if I was if I was a pass rusher and Todd Bowles defense one I'd be a lot taller but two like I would never want to leave you know like he gets the most out of guys and he helps them be really productive so I I, to me I would be surprised if Shaq Barrett ended up leaving the box that would be 
that would be a pretty surprising free agent development, I would say. And the maneuvering that you're saying that the the Bucks need to do to, I guess, move things around, shift things around, does that involve Tom Brady getting extended? What do you got for me on that? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's something that's been in the works the last couple of days. You know, it probably ends up as a one year extension, trade cap space, a little more guarantee, um, give them some room this year. And like, you know, I think anybody who watched Brady sees a player who <laughs> does not somehow appear to be on the downside. Um, so if he's sticking around at least definitely next year, which I think obviously he is, and maybe the year after, which seems probably the case too, then lock him in for another year and give yourself cap, cap room makes a lot of sense. And then uh, do you take that money and give it to Godwin? or Because uh, both Jason Light, when he was on this show, and Bruce Arians, said uh, that they they feel that they can keep everybody that they need to keep. Who's yeah. on the list of the need to keep, do you think, uh, from the 20-some-odd unrestricted? Gronk is one of them, huh? Yeah, I think, I mean, he. I know he's coming back. They would like him back. Um, you know, I, I will see what the actual salary ends up being. I don't think he's going to come back for, like, a dollar. Um, but... You know, I mean, she's willing to take a pay cut from last year. Like, I find that hard to believe. So we'll see what the actual number is. You know, and then the, and then you have Antonio Brown, um, who wants to be back with the Bucks. They want him back. Brady wants him back. What's that number going to be? You know, it's net. Is you know, as as we've learned and we've talked about, it's never going to be as high as you think, especially in this ridiculous year. So, what does he end up being willing to accept to play with Tom Brady again? Like, I think that's. I think that's a legitimate question, um, and his market's going to be fascinating, too. Ian Rappaport here on the Rich Eisen Show. I, I, I fear asking these th- this question because it could be dated literally five minutes after it's out of my mouth, but here we are the Thursday before the new league year begins, and Drew Brees is not announced his retirement yet. As a matter of fact, Greg Olson, <laughs> Greg Olson has, has beaten him to the announcement of a retirement yeah. that we've all expected uh, I believe that's going down as you and I are talking. What is yeah. going on there, and how does it affect what is going on in New Orleans with all of the cap uh, casualties for that team that had Super Bowl aspirations and still does, obviously? What do you got for me it, on that? It does not affect New Orleans cap-wise because once – I mean, we've known he's retiring. We've said it a million times. But it was definitely clinched when he redid his contract. I think it was during Super Bowl week, actually. Um, and basically took the minimum salary this year. And then when he retires, the salaries at the end will go away. And anyway, so like he did what he needed to do salary wise to help the team operate in free agency. So like we know he's retiring. He knows he's retiring. He hasn't announced it. What would be hilarious is it for him to announce it like Wednesday at 11 a.m. or something when like we're all planning to talk about free agency and now Drew Brees announces his retirement. You have all networks on like a hundred percent of the time we're talking about Drew Brees. Like that would be kind of funny. Actually, that may happen. Um, but it doesn't matter because they are moving on at quarterback and he's moving on. It just hasn't, he hasn't made an announcement official yet. And they're moving on to who? You know, it feels like Jameis Winston to me. I would be surprised if there's anyone else, you know, it's just, it's, it's a situation where his market is better I think he's got the best market in New Orleans. I think they make the most sense for him. He makes the most sense for them. They haven't settled on a number yet, but like that's where it feels like it's going. And where does the quarterback so carousel... I'd be surprised if it's not Jameis. Okay, so where does the quarterback carousel feel as if it is where where it is going with Alex Smith 
and Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? And mm-hmm. uh, also the the Bears needing uh, somebody, and the Sam Darnold could be that somebody for someone. What is going on with Jimmy G? I mean, there are so many questions about it. Uh, where I, I just kind yeah. of will throw it out there and say, where do you see the quarterback carousel going? And let's start with the Watson and Wilson scenarios. Is there okay. any shot? Well, let's run, let's that, run through it. Okay, go for it. Let's start with them. What All right. You got for me? Watson, no timeline. If anything happens at all, which I'm not convinced it will, it's not going to be anytime soon. Maybe by the draft, but honestly, maybe not even then. Russell Wilson, I know this team's interested. The Bears have been mentioned. They are definitely interested. Um, I haven't gotten the sense on any momentum toward a trade. And the biggest question for Seattle would be, like, if you're going to trade Russell Wilson, okay, fine, you're going to get a lot for him. Who's your quarterback? And I don't have an answer to that question, which is obviously a significant problem. Um, I don't get the sense Jimmy G is going anywhere. You know, if the Niners could upgrade, would they trade him? You know. Probably they probably would. I just don't know who would be an upgrade. So I think they. I think he sticks there. Darnold probably gets traded if he gets traded. I don't know for sure. I, just mm-hmm. to, I don't know for sure he's getting traded, but it's going to be more toward the middle of April or maybe even draft week if it happens. Um, just because that by then the Jets will have settled on who they would take at number two. Um, you have, you know, Marcus Mariota, who nope probably ends up getting released. I think teams are waiting for him to get released. And then he'll factor into this. You mentioned Alex Smith. Um, He's got a lot of interest um, as a really good backup slash mentor, as he should. You know, the Bears make a lot of sense to me because of Matt Nagy. Uh, The Jaguars make a lot of sense. I think both both of those teams are interested. Did I forget anyone? No, I'm trying to get over. I'm trying to just pick and choose what my follow-up is. Let's let's pull on Alex Smith. I mean, so his choice will be uh, starting for the Bears if the Bears finally whittle down their options to him, or he's the Mister Chips for for Trevor Lawrence uh, for his old college coach. Because and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, would want to. You know, he could sit there. Ryan Fitzpatrick could just go on any team, and he knows he'll be the starter eventually. I mean, that's just the way it always goes I for mean, him. him going mm-hmm. to the Patriots would be perfect. One, I mean, I, he's he played well last year. It would complete the – it would complete the – it, 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 it would complete the uh, superfecta, right? Wouldn't it? Circle of life. The, yeah. the AFC superfecta. He'd hit all four yeah. if that happens. Yeah, and that's huh. – I mean, to me, like, I don't need a reason to see Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Patriots because I think it would be great. But that's a good enough reason if I needed one. Where what what is New England's option? What what would they do? Where where do you think they're going, Ian? That's a fascinating question. They're going somewhere. Um, <laughs> you know, draft was draft draft would be obviously a big thing for them. Could definitely draft a quarterback. Um, you know, hard for me to imagine Cam goes back there unless they have no other option. Um, you know, if Marcus Mariota's free, I think they'd have some interest. Um, I don't think Sam Donald's getting traded there, although that would be kind of funny. That would never happen. Um, I mean, literally something very warm would have to freeze over so thick and so deep that not even the Fortress of Solitude would match it in terms of the thickness of the ice, to be very honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it would just, yeah. But what makes you think think Jimmy G's not going anywhere? Because obviously that would be, uh, one would think, an option to have him go back. Yeah, 
Patriots would make a lot of sense. I just, it's the same thing as the Seahawks. Like the 49ers, obviously last year they were bad, but they seem like a team that's ready to compete. Who is going to be their quarterback? That's the main problem with all of this stuff is so much of this quarterback talk is out in the open now, which is great because it gives us something to talk about. Right. And also it's fun. But the answer is still like, who is their quarterback that is better than they previously had? And I cannot find an answer to that question. All right, so let me bounce my crazy uh, fantasy football uh, uh, possibility mm-hmm. off of the, the real football world that you're so attuned to. Um, Watson and Tua switch spots. The Jets trade Darnold to the Niners, um, who wind up sending Jimmy G to the Patriots. What do you think? And they, t- and they choose Zach Wilson second overall. What do you think of that? And that all happens, um, and, and much of that happens draft week with the Darnold uh, to the Niners and the Niners Jimmy mm-hmm. G to the Patriots uh, happens the second night of the draft after they choose Zach Wilson the night before. Sort for, of similar to Josh Rosen, yeah, sort of similar, or or and sure. or three this year that they can exact later on on Friday night and the one the following year, something like that. What do you think about that? I think they should. I think they should do it all. Um, also, my head would explode sitting there on the set or That'd my little perch on draft night, but I would not crazy. probably go into shock. It's not crazy, is it? Is it crazy? Is that nutty? Yeah, oh yeah, all of it's crazy, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I think it'd be fun. Uh, and, you know, if I would say this. If the salary cap was not a thing and the Texans were a little more open to dealing to Sean Watson, that which, and, and if they liked Tua, which I – do not know if they do or not, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, that could all be great. I just seems a little slightly far-fetched for our universe, but good thought. Okay, thank you, Ian. Before I let you go, your two cents on the DAC signing. What do you think about that one? Uh, one of the best contracts I've seen negotiated uh, by a player and agent in a very long time. Um, and for the Cowboys, like, I loved what Jerry said. I mean, no, his, he's always crazy, but everything of value he's had, he's always overpaid for. I thought that was perfect. Yes, he overpaid for Dak. Yes, they could have got him cheaper if they had done him two years ago. The reality is the Cowboys end up with a franchise quarterback that's better than most of the other teams that have quarterbacks, and they paid a lot for him, but that's okay because he is very good and he's everything you'd want to be as the face of your franchise. So I'm sad I'm not going to talk about it for the millionth time on TV. <laughs> Um, and I'm sad that the Cowboys announced it themselves instead of me breaking it. Okay. But otherwise, I thought it was great. Well, I mean, now we could talk about what Jerry's going to be able to do as the GM, and Stephen could be able to do as the uh, as the de facto um, GM as well, and and how they can actually surround him, how they can protect him, how they can actually win with this contract. That's what that's makes the, it easier. Contract makes it easier. It does this that's year, though, happening. right? Correct. It makes it easier this yeah. year. Correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's much better than going tag-tag and then next year, who knows? You so know? what do they do before I let you go? What do they do? What's Dallas doing? What's their next step? Uh, they, they they're going to end up shopping in the discount section and just build depth. You know, some offensive line depth probably, maybe some tight end depth, um, defensive line like that. It's going to be nothing exciting. Maybe sign a Wujie back. Um, I don't think it's going to be exciting, but they never are that exciting in free agency, but usually effective. The Filene's basement of the NFL? Is that where they're, <laughs> is that where they're going? Is that what you're saying? I thought Filene's is not in business anymore. Is that accurate? <laughs> no, Chris? it's definitely out of business. <laughs> yeah. 
I, yeah, I went in New I England did. references. I went, I went in funny. Boston. It's supposed to be this institution. I was really underwhelmed. <laughs> Ian, thanks for the call. You, you may, you're, you're now free to microwave whatever you were microwaving. <laughs> I appreciate the time. Now i got to re-microwave it now. But yes, what were you, you microwaving? What were you doing? What are you doing? Um, I got a little, uh, little, lunch? A little soup and uh, bagel combo I got going on. I got eight minutes oh. before I got to get ready for TV. So okay, so go, okay go, go for it. There you go. Ian Rappaport. Okay. Su- a soup and a bagel and information. <laughs> yeah, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. That's all we're looking for. When that's I, all we want. That's, that's all, all we want, want out of our guests. Is, is, is soup, bagel, and information. Not in that order. Information first. The uh, soundbite that uh, that um, Ian just referred to, we will play it for you. Very next segment. Let's take a break and hit on that. What if I told you, really like you here. Thanks for being here. I think you're overpaid. That's coming up. <laughs> Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. One of my favorite guests, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting right here. I think you are. (laughs) What are you on, steroids or something? I am actually on steroids, Brian Cranston. Last flag flying in select theaters now. We're going to have to disqualify this show because of your steroid use. You know what? I thought about that before taking that steroid. Now, wouldn't it be disheartening if you took the steroid and you had the best show ever? (laughs) Then you'd go, oh, my God. Oh, I have to take more steroids. How can you go off the steroids? I guess that is the conundrum. Ooh. That every good be- thing you that know. it wasn't a great show. So good actually, for you. Actually, it, it's it's been a great show so far. <laughs> Since you and I last spoke here on this show, uh, your Dodgers went to the World Series. There was that five-hour game that went in that was insane. It was insane. I, I and I am proud to say. I stuck around to extra innings for that night. It was because I did see some people in this town, people that you would know, people that we have all seen on television. Look, call them out. I can't do it. Do it. I can't. You're on steroids. I what can't. the hell do you care? <laughs> <laughs> I do have that as a fallback position, do I not? But I would never do yes, that to you. It is. Um, Your Honor, I was on steroids at the time when I made that comment. <laughs> when somebody from Arrested Development got up. <laughs> yes. But, uh, oh. When, Jason Bateman, no, 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 you've no, no, been no. had wow. in your face, Jason. There's a wow. lot of people. Woo. I'm disappointed, Jason. Will Arnett? Wow, but it wasn't. <laughs> Better call Saul now. Uh-huh. Okay, we're getting to the part 
We're getting there. We're where it moves. It's we're moving slowly. We're moving like Tortuga. We're moving that slowly, okay? But we're getting to the part where Walter White could show up. Are we seeing Walter White anytime soon? Well, I'll tell you this as an exclusive on the Rich Eisen show. Nice putting the bug. Well, no, no, no. Without, so, without the mug. There it is. There, <laughs> there, there's the exclusive. It just amazes me seeing in Better Call Saul the number of characters whose demise eventually is met because of your character. Is Who, me? I know, exactly. It is remarkable how yeah. each and every one of them yeah. eventually has to be undone. I unfortunately have that association. It, if I spend any amount of time uh, with someone, they end up dying surprisingly mm-hmm. so i would suggest you get life insurance <laughs> um you know you want to protect your family and yeah, everything so. everything you do that okay sorry god i love that guy ryan cranston appeared on the show many many times uh go to our youtube.com slash rich eyes show archives to see it all he told a great story about being on seinfeld as well just go check it all out right 844-204-RICH number to dial here on the rich eyes show so <clears throat> Anytime, as we know, that Jerry Jones speaks at a press conference, it is phenomenal. Del Tufo um, has literally 19,000 drops. I think, <laughs> I think uh, Jerry Jones, he is the leader in our drops department, right? We have more oh, Jerry 100%. Jones drops over the seven-year history of this show. No, you don't have to I could have made more. I mean, no, but, but, but you remember, oh, yeah, you remember when we first started in NFL Network when Parcells was the coach and his – press conferences were, were must see like we we would have a whole section yes i think he spoke on a wednesday or tuesday which whichever day it was we had a segment called fresh tuna yeah where we would take the three <laughs> four best minutes tuna. of his because his his press conferences around 2003 well, he would sit at that little yeah, table. Sit at table. Sit at a table yeah that round like and it was the only thing you could equate it to was a Sopranos episode, the New Jersey boss right. talking about his innermost thoughts and his innermost feelings, and the media and all of us were Dr. Melfi. <laughs> and because the Sopranos, as you know, came on the air in 99 and 03, right. I think they were just getting into season three, you know? Right no, I want you know, should have been like season five, but they, they took, took a year time. and a half yeah. off all the time. Yeah. And so at any rate, so that was must-see. And now Jerry's kind of morphed into that. So... This is out of all the sound bites, and there were some great sound bites when he was introducing Dak as his newly long-term signed franchise quarterback. This is the one that uh, leapt out at all of us. I think all of us together uh, on a text exchange were saying, he said this? Okay, hit it. The truth is, most anything that I've ever been involved in that ended up being special, I overpaid for every time to the end. Anytime I've tried to get a bargain, I got just that. It was a bargain uh-huh. in a lot of ways and uh, not up to standard. So, how do you how do you how do you take this that um so there's two things is that he's admitting he's been had. As a matter of fact, he in another soundbite right. later on said that out of all the people that have worked him in a business deal, I'm paraphrasing, that he's happiest to have been worked by, it was Dak Prescott. So you're sitting here as a fan of the team and you're kind of like, not many general managers or people who shop for the groceries for a team and sign players will fully admit, yeah, I, I, I've been had. You know, not 
Not a great, not not a great deal for us, except for the fact that we do have a player who we adore and we love and we think we can win with and all of that. That's great. But how many general managers come out and say, "Yeah, we we could have done this a couple of years ago, maybe." It, it, it might have been cheaper for us. <laughs> but he's the only general manager who actually signs the checks. So there's that. And that gives you, TJ Jefferson, Dallas Cowboy fan, maybe a little bit of pause saying, what's he going to do to protect Dak? Because that's necessary. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do to make sure that if Zeke and Amari Cooper are, in fact, hitting their prime years, which they are, they get to stay, that we're not going to be sitting here two years from now on the new league year of 2023 talking about Zeke's been cut or Amari's going to be cut or something like that. You mean you got to keep this core together and you got to play defense. My God, you got to play defense. Look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just did. You know, it's and they got the GOAT at quarterback and they had some – outstanding weapons for the GOAT at quarterback. You got to play defense. You got to make sure that Dak doesn't have to come back from 25 points, 29, 34 points down like he did in virtually every game before his leg snapped in two. Is he the the right guy to do it? And the question is if if the answer is no, and I bet you nine out of ten Cowboys fans will say no. Too bad. That's the way he's going to run his team. That's it. So that's one way you that gives you pause. And then the other one, like, what if you're Dak? Again, as you know, we're we're a happy family here. We're a happy family here. What if, you know, uh, I said to you, Chris, I think I we could put Emmy Award winning shows together for you. With, with you. Absolutely. With you. I need you. I need you here to put. Yep. But everything that I'm saying right now indicates that your talent is worth less than the money that I was forced to overpay you. There is less pie. <laughs> what? How would you take that one? I don't know if that's going to sit well. <laughs> how would you take that one? That was so confusing. Yeah. I was what, like, I, what, what I just said, or no, what wait, he, he said? It's like I think he was trying to well, be complimentary. Now you have he is because he absolutely is. He is I not go higher register. No, yeah. yeah, you have to go higher. <laughs> he absolutely is being complimentary. You have to understand where he's coming from. He's coming from a man who's got all the money. All the money. Okay, and he's also coming from a man who makes business deals, and the business deals that he has made have been phenomenal to get him to be able to afford the Dallas Cowboys and overpay for them, Mm -hmm. and then to eventually, I'm telling you, the uh, business that he runs with the Yankees to, I mean, many many people out there, if you've paid for a public seat license or you go to a stadium with a, a... a name that, uh, of a corporate sponsor on the name, it's possible that he's the one who struck that deal. Yeah. So he's made a ton of money and he knows the business deals and he knows what overpaying is for. Mm-hmm. And the things that he's overpaid for are the things that he loves the most. So this is a compliment, actually. Well, I think you could take it like if he really wants something, I'm going to spend whatever yeah, sure. I need to. Whatever it's where he says at a bargain, like you get what you pay for. Is what he's saying. That's the another way of the phrase that you get what you pay for. So who is he throwing under the bus there by saying himself? That? I guess it's kind of like a self owner at his own expense. But you know, for Dak, if I'm Dak, I'm sitting there saying, "Okay, I, I now have all the money too at this position. <laughs> so let's laugh it up and let's hug it out. Let's go win some football games. <laughs> let's go. Who's Ten next man. though at we'll the uh, at the next level? Trent Dilfer will tell you about the prospects. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
Like he's he's talking from a billionaire, successful billionaire point of view, owner point of view. But he is. You came in yesterday. If you want to repeat what you said, you you have the floor. Sure. You, it, <laughs> I was just trying to think about the right way to say it, but it just came out as like, is he the most successful bad businessman ever? Because he just overpays Again, for everything. I, I point to the fact that the Cowboys are what they're worth. Their stadium is what it is. Right. Okay. And I understand that. So and I that, guess I really and should I have mentioned just, Legends Hospitality. Yeah, That's I, the organization he and the Yankees co-own or co-run and make business deals around the globe. And I get that. So I guess I should have just but narrowed it is, down to but, football. But what he is, is he, can he bring that business acumen to a spot and build a team in the construct of you can't spend whatever you want. Overspending for something is dangerous. It's not bad. It's dangerous. It can be bad. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's risky. It's not the smartest the play. It's not the smartest play. Right. It's a play that can be a winning one, but you can't just wait forever and then I'll just overspend on it because that takes away from other parts of the operation that you need to have work in order for it to be ultimately successful. Right. So I'll say to you, like, he, is he the most speculative general manager of the most successful businessmen of all time? That's a small subset. Yeah, you can make that case. Right. You know, like, I, I, however, will say this and then, you know, our two coming up in your using your phraseology, I am the best, worst golfer of all time. Because like, you're, you're a fun hang. Well, no, <laughs> no, I, I'm like I'm, I can I, any ball that's in the fairway, I'll chunk it. Right. Right. Any ball that's below my feet or above my feet. I'm so used to hitting out of trouble. I'm great at that. <laughs> right. I'm superb. At hitting out of the rough with a ball above my feet. I'm great. Because you're always there. I'm always there. Yeah. Settle down just a little bit. So I am the best worst golfer of all time. That makes sense. Meaning I'm the Jerry Jones of golf, to use your phrase. I'll take it. Yeah, sure. I will take it. With a few less zeros. <laughs> Not on my scorecard. Hey. Trent Tilford coming up. 